Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Let's be in Acts chapter 12 this morning. Um, I'm breaking transmission, all right? Taking a pause from Letters series for today. I may take another pause for next week. But I needed to bring the counsel of God for the season to us. All right? Acts chapter 12. We're going to do a long reading today. Um, Uncharacteristic, but it's definitely necessary this morning. And then we can go. Thank you to the worship team as well. That was amazing. Ah. Acts chapter 12, I'm going to read from verse 1 all the way to 19. So stay with me. The Bible says this, NKJV. Now about that time, Herod, the king, the king, stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unliving bread. In other words, it was during the Passover. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover, intending to kill him after the Passover. Peter was there, therefore kept in prison. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church but constant prayer was offered to god for him by the church to god for him and by the church constant prayer verse 6 says and when herod was about to bring him out that night peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and the chains fell off his hands. Verse 8, Then the angel of the Lord said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. (laughs) When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. Verse 11 says, and when Peter came to himself, When he realized, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose son name is Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, because of her gladness, you will be glad in this season. She did not open the gate, 
but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. They said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. <laughs> now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. You will be astonished in this season. They were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go, tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stare among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you because you've declared this our set time. You've declared this a time when your eternal counsel, your eternal purposes are going to find expression in time. You've declared this a season of great wonders in our lives. You've declared this a season where we would separate ourselves to seek your face and to find you because you said we will not seek you in vain. So Holy Spirit, I ask that this morning you speak the words that you have to us through me. Give me utterance. Give the listeners understanding. Beyond the words that I would speak, O oh God, minister to our hearts. Let us see ourselves, our situations in the words that come out this morning in the name of Jesus. And I pray for everyone who would watch this later, who is watching from all over the world right now, that, Lord, there will be fruit of this in our lives. Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. This is a season of wonders. A season of wonders. Listen. One of the things I'll start by telling you this morning is this. You should never follow a pastor that you don't trust. Okay? Some of you are wondering, what does that even mean? How is that a, how is that a sermon, pastor? It's a piece of advice. <laughs> if you follow a pastor that you don't trust, you follow a shepherd that you don't trust, you're doing yourself a disservice. I said that to say this. That So when I say to you that this is our set time, that there are wonders that God has proposed in his heart to do in our lives in this season, I need you to believe it. I need you to know that um, I'm not a motivational speaker, okay? <laughs> I'm not here to get you excited for nothing, all right? I'm not here to speak vain words or empty words to you. I'm here to bring the counsel of God for a season. And if this is your house, if you're associated with this house anywhere, or you're keen into what God is doing, or you're plugging into what God is saying in this season, and the move of God, the move of the Spirit in this season, I'm saying to you that this is a season of wonders for you, and this is a season of wonders for your family, and this is a season of wonders for this church, and this is a season of wonders in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible said to us, because I'm going to teach slightly different from how I typically do, um, generally a topical preacher, but just, I want to stay on this particular text today um, for a little bit, and then I'll see how I can go from there. The story here is the context of or post-resurrection Christianity. Jesus had ascended to heaven. He'd given his disciples and his apostles power, gave them a mandate to go preach. And they started to preach. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost came. Peter preached a fantastic sermon, and 3,000 3, people were added to the church. And the church started to expand. The church started to grow. 
the church started to move forward. The church started to, to advance. And persecution arose against the church because of the miracles that they did, because of the fame of the apostles, because of the following that they were gathering, persecution arose. And the Bible says that Herod was king at that time. He grabbed James and he killed him. He grabbed James and he murdered the guy. <laughs> but then he didn't stop there. All right. He actually went on and grabbed Peter. And he figured that he was going to kill Peter. Let me say this to you, that the devil is delusional. It's not an insult. It's his reality. And I can prove it to you from scripture. He is suffering from delusions of grandeur to think that he had the power within himself. So Herod is a type of, of Satan in this, in, this, in this conversation to kill Peter. You have to remember how the devil is introduced to us in Isaiah. Um, the Bible talks about him in Isaiah 14. He says that you have said in your heart. So this is the whole story about what led to the fall of Lucifer, obviously. I will ascend to the throne of God. I will be like the Most High. He has this ambition, this deluded mentality or thought process. And really, it would be a reality. It would not be delusional, <laughs> if not because of the power and the authority that God has put in the church. It was delusional to think that he, Herod, had the power, even though he was king, which was a big deal, by the way. It wasn't, I mean, kings. Okay, hold on. Just to give you an understanding for how powerful the king was in those days, when Jesus was born, if you remember the story very well, three wise men <laughs> acted foolishly and went to the king and said, well, we have seen the star of he who is to be born, king of the Jews. Now we want to go and worship him. And the Bible says that this king, as a result of his jealousy or his envy or the threat that he felt that this new king, this new Messiah posed to his kingdom, ordered the death of every child who was two years and under. And that decree was carried out. How powerful do you need to be to say, well, I wake up in the morning and I say, hmm, I feel threatened. You know what? Let every child who's two years and under be killed. And they were killed. That's how powerful the king was. The law, the word of a king was the law. You did not question it. It was binding. It was power. It was executed upon. If a king pointed at you and said, you're dead, well, just know that you're dead by evening. So this was a very significant threat to the body of Christ. This was a, an, it <clears throat> had the potential to be a crippling event to the early church. The Bible says Herod stretched out his hand against some from the church. But I'm here to let you know, and it's good news for you, that the devil is delusional. It's not given to him to kill you. It's not given to him to carry out the plans that he has in his heart for you because he had an intention that I will bring Peter out after the Passover and I will kill him. It's not given to him. That's what makes him delusional. It's not given to him. God has invested so much power and authority in the body of Christ that when we rise up like this church did, we can tell Herod, no, no, it doesn't matter if you're a king. There is one who is the king of all kings, and he's on our side. And it's to him that we have come this morning or afternoon or evening 
And wherever you are, it is to that king that we have come. That's the confidence we have that when we go before him, he can bend situations. He can intervene in the most unlikely situations and he can turn things around. There is no disease incurable. There is no situation that Jesus cannot fix. The devil is delusional. You need to let him know. Sometimes, listen to me, and this is for someone here. When the enemy speaks to your mind and gives you all these ideas and tells you you're never going to become something and I'm going to kill you and you're going to just tell him, my pastor said I should tell you that you are delusional. You are a liar and you're a thief. All right. And it's not given to you. If it was given to him, Herod would have killed Peter, but it's not given to him. When the church knows what to do, when you and I know how to arise and take our place and take our stands in God, there is nothing that the enemy can do to carry out his plans against or about or, you know, in our lives. Who told you? Actually, no, not who told you. Who told Herod that he had the power to do as he pleased? Who gave him the idea that his kingship was all authority in heaven and on earth? The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth said he has given us power and authority over serpents, scorpions, and over all the powers. When he says powers of the enemy, that is all encompassing right there. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Who told him? Who told him you will never get a job? Who told him that your family will break up? Who told him that your marriage will never work? Who told him that you will never have children? Who told him that he has the power to make any of those things possible? Who told you, devil? You're delusional. But the problem is this, that many of us believe a delusional devil, and that makes him powerful. Because if someone comes to you and says, I'll do this, I'll do that, and, do that, and, you, and, you, just, and you scoff at him and say, look, go sit down somewhere. You, it's not given to you. But once you believe in the lies of a delusional person, that makes you really suspect, but I can't address your condition, <laughs> all right? But the truth is that it empowers him to carry out the things that he wants to do in your life because it takes away the authority that you have to say, the Bible says, resist him, and he would flee from you. Flee, not go. Flee. In other words, he would be scared and he will hurry away from you. The devil has been whispering so many lies to us in this season. You've been at home under lockdown. <laughs> I was talking to Pastor uh, PK the other day and I said, this lockdown has almost become a spiritual problem. We've been locked down and locked out <laughs> and shut down and shut out and all kinds of things. And you've been left with your own thoughts. And in your more sober moments, the enemy has whispered lies to you. Whispered lies to you. You will never recover from this season. Whispered lies to your mind. It's not given to him. You need to remind him that he is delusional. Moving on from there, the Bible says that when he took Peter, this was actually during the season of the Feast of Unliving Bread, which is the Passover. Now, <laughs> if you ever heard of a tactical error, by the enemy. That's a tactical error. Because the Passover, he should have asked, what is the significance of this Passover season? He should have done some research into Jewish history to understand, all right, the origin and take advantage and leverage what it is that God is doing and leverage the season of Passover, quote unquote, to take your stance against the works of the enemy in your life. A tactical error, a miscalculation indeed. The Bible says that because of that, the Bible says constant prayer was made by the church to God for Peter. By the church, but to God and for Peter. And in this season, as a church, we'll be praying together. Lots of prayers. We'll be constantly meeting together to pray. 
And because we are praying corporately, there is power available. The Bible says that one of you shall chase a thousand, two of you will put 10,000 to flight. We can do so much more when we come together to pray. And so that's why I'm encouraging you. Get out of bed in the mornings. Join the prayer sessions. Much power is generated in the agreement of the saints. The Bible says that, but the church, constant prayer was made to God by the church. There was a gathering of people coming together under one roof, one purpose. Peter will not die. Peter must be set free. The move of God must not be truncated. The plans of God must advance. And as they continue to hold on to God and pray and pray and pray, the Bible says that there was a dispatch of angels that went into the prison and attended to Peter's situation. In this season, I'm encouraging you, join corporate prayers. Power is made available when we pray. God will do strange things, strange things in our lives. There are things that you have closed the door on and you have said, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes high anymore. You know, I know that this is a, this is a foregone issue. Listen to me. Listen to me. God will do wonders in our lives in this season. Come on now in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ. What are some of the things that I expect God to do in this season? Some of the things that I know that God is going to do in this season. The first thing I know that God is going to do in this season is that he's going to stay the hand of the enemy in your life. You see, Herod had one win under his belt. He had a notch on his belt already. He took out James. And so he was on a roll, as it were. But I'm saying to you that God will stay the hand of the enemy. As we come together in this season, the enemy might have secured some, you know, some tactical wins against you. All right. He might have um, hit you a couple of body blows. You might have suffered some challenges, some setbacks, and you feel like the enemy is on a roll. In this season, what prayer did in the life of Peter was that prayer stayed the hand of Herod. Herod was meant to kill Peter. Prayer nullified the plans of the enemy. And I'm praying for you that as we come together in this season, every plan that has been conceived in the kingdom of darkness, every plan that has been conceived in the hearts of the enemy, put in place, set in motion against you, the pieces have been put together they will be completely nullified in the name of Jesus Christ. Prayer will stay the hand of the enemy. Any ground at all that the enemy has gained in your life, in your mind, in your career, in your family, even in your walk with God. You used to be on fire. All of a sudden, you're struggling with things that you left three, four, five years ago. Things that you testified, oh, I used to struggle with this, and now I've overcome it. Thank God. I'm hallelujah. I'm spirit-filled. And you'll find yourself in this season, you found yourself back in old habits. Any ground at all that the enemy has gained in your life, we are going to take it back. We are going to stay his hand by prayer to the God who answers prayers. The Bible says, oh God, that answers prayers unto you shall all flesh come. And it's to him that we are coming in this season. I'm telling you what to expect. So that you can be prepared. Prayer will stay the hand of the enemy. Listen to me very carefully. If you've read your Bible, you know enough to know that the enemy is ruthless and he's very ambitious. He does not stop. When, 
he does not stop. He took James, he killed James. You would think he would say, oh, amazing victory. He went for Peter. If he had killed Peter, he would have taken a third and a fourth. And if he continued to kill them, he would have taken all of them and murdered all of them. So thank God for a praying church that rises up and says, no, devil, no more. This far you have come. You shall go no further. This enemy is ruthless. Do you remember the story of Job, by the way? When, oh my God, when Job came to God, you know, and the Bible says the sons of God were gathered. Job chapter 1, you can read the whole chapter yourself. It's an interesting chapter of the Bible. Very serious spiritual truth there. And God said, you know, Job, God had a conversation with the enemy, you know, with the devil. And the devil is going to, you know, go against Job now and attack him. You would understand that God did not leave that open-ended. Remember that. God said to the enemy, you shall do anything you want to him, but do not touch his soul. The reason why God had to put that clause, that limitation on the enemy is because God knows this enemy. God knows that if he did not put a limitation, the devil would take everything that Job had and he would also touch his soul because he is ruthless. He does not stop. And so when I say that prayer will stay the end of the, the enemy in your life, what I'm saying to you is that this enemy has a desire not just for the win he secured against you last week or last month or last year. He wants to dig in. He wants to go further. So if he's taking, if he's attacked your health, then he wants to attack your mind. If he's attacked your mind, then he wants to attack your family. If he's attacked your family and succeeded, then he wants to attack your career. He will not stop. It's not in his nature. He does not obey stop signs at all. He is a violator of every principle of warfare that exists. So you have to stay his hand because he will not stop. God said, you shall do anything, but don't touch his soul. Because he knew that the enemy would go for his soul as well. He would never be content. He's ruthless. He's ruthless. So by prayer, we're going to bend his hand backwards. We're going to put a pause to the activities of hell in our lives. And we're going to stay the end of the enemy. Come on now, in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says that, you know, let Satan take advantage of you. Give him no room. If you give him an inch... He'll take a kilometer and he will keep taking more until you stop him. If the enemy has entered by any chance, because he had entered, he killed James. That was a failure of the church. He killed James. I don't think that that was James' prophetic destiny to die young. Maybe it was, but still, that was a failure on the side of, on the, side of the church. He killed him. But the church said, no, 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 no. No more. How many things... In your life, right now, do you need to tell the enemy, no more? You've put up with some stuff for too long. You've explained it away. Or, you know, it's just me. I just have this really bad belly aches that come every Tuesday and Thursday. I've been that way since I was born. No more. No more. No more. No more. How many of you will say no more with me? All right, no more. You've taken James. That's enough. <laughs> now we need to stay the hand of the enemy. One of the things that God would do, he will stay the hand of the enemy this season. Another thing that God will do this season is that he will open doors. Prayer will open doors. By the way, when I talk about fasting and praying, I'm not talking about starving yourself and not praying. Please, if you're going to starve yourself and not pray, all you're doing is dieting. I mean, thank God for the calories or the weight that you might lose, but that's not the, the agenda here is not to lose weight. If you lose weight, that's a side effect or side benefit. We'll take it too. But I'm saying to you that you're going to be engaging in prayers, constant prayer. That's how the Bible described the prayer, constant prayer, intense prayer, fervent engagement. Prayer will 
open doors. There are doors that you need to open for you in this season. There are doors that you need to open for you in this season. Prayer will open those doors. In the Bible, doors are a metaphoric representation of opportunities. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, windows are a representation or metaphoric representation of um, blessings. Okay? I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll pour out a blessing. Doors are symbolic of opportunities. <laughs> Gates are symbolic of territorial or authorities. Authorities, all right? So, so listen to me very carefully. A lot of times when God wants to answer prayers in the lives of people, God rarely, like for, let's, let's assume, for example, you're praying to God about a need in your life. It's rare that God would just send money to you. Most times God will create opportunities for you. And that's why discernment is one of the critical skill sets, one of the critical um, articles of our faith that every Christian must develop. The ability to discern an opportunity <laughs> that God has created for you. And many, many times, in many cases, they don't look like opportunities. In this season, there will be many open doors. Many open doors. My prayer for you is, number one, that the doors would open. Number two, that you will discern the doors. Number three, that every adversary, because for every open door, according to scripture, we understand that the enemy also stations an adversary to resist you. Every adversary at your open door will be completely crushed by the enemy. In the name of Jesus, the person who would speak negatively about your case when they're discussing you at the interview process, that person will not show up that day to work. That day, the person will be otherwise engaged. They will have a meeting conflict. God will go before you, make the crooked path straight, but the doors will be open to you in this season in the name of Jesus Christ. Prayer, we're going to pray with open doors. The Bible said Peter was in prison. The angel came and the doors of the prison were open because they were praying. By the way, you need to understand that this is one story in the Bible. There are many, but this is one of those stories in the Bible where there is clarity about a direct connection between the prayers that people were praying and the result that was happening in the same season. Uh, we have a number of them in scripture, but this is one. We have Elijah, we have Samuel, you know, Hannah and Samuel, you know, we have Jehoshaphat, the king. We have a number of them. But in this particular story, we know that the, 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 the event, the deliverance that came to Peter was a direct result of the prayers. We know that this angel came responding to the prayers of the saints that were ascending to God. We know that this angel came, opened the prison doors, brought him out of prison, set him free on the strength of the intercession of the saints. We know that for a fact. So when we're done the season of prayer and fasting, I want every one of us to be able to hold on to one or two things in our lives and say, this thing I'm holding on to, this one I'm touching is a direct result of my season of waiting on the Lord, of the prayers that we have just prayed in this season, doors are going to open unto you. New opportunities will come to you. And you would have the spiritual discernment to know that a door has been opened. And you would have the strength to go in irrespective of opposition in the name of Jesus Christ. One of the vehicles that God uses to shift us is doors. He will shut a door. He would open a door. This prayer that we're going to pray is also going to open gates. Prayer will open gates. 
Gates are territorial. Gates are symbolic, all right, of decision-making, of governance over a territory. So the Bible says that as Peter was coming, the angel led him out through the first number of doors. Then there was an iron gate, an iron gate that led to the city, to the city. To the, and the Bible says it opened to them of its own accord. I want you to know that the gates are going to be lifted off. If there are territorial issues, generational issues, family issues passed down from generation to generation that have you know, afflicted you, that have affected you, that have plagued you, gates are going to open in this season. As a matter of fact, maybe the anointing of Samson will come upon us. Samson was not just a guy that opened gates. This guy was able to remove gates. <laughs> he was... When the anointing came upon Samson in one, on one occasion, in one, of, one, one instance, he uprooted the gates and pillar and post and everything and carried it up a mountain. In this season, the gates that have shut you out, the gates that have regulated, because if the gates are not open, the doors cannot open and the windows cannot open. The, the gates that have regulated your possibilities, the gates that, you, that have limited you, confined you, that have narrowed you know, you know, constrained you to a straight and narrow path that is not of God for you, those gates will open in this season in the name of Jesus. Gates are territorial obstacles. That's why the Bible says, Jesus said to Peter, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, gates of hell, he didn't say the assembly of hell, he didn't say the leadership of hell, he didn't say the principal, he says the gates of hell will not prevail against you. In this season, the gates will be open unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Territories will open up. For some of you, you feel like Canada hasn't, you know, your, 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 your destiny hasn't blossomed in Canada. You need the gates to be open unto you. That's what you need. That's what you need. The gates will open unto you in this season in the name of Jesus Christ. You will have inspiration, you will have understanding. You would have favor because the gates would open and then doors, windows can open unto you. What else would prayer do in this season? Prayer will neutralize the forces of darkness. Hmm. <laughs> the guards were there, but they were sleeping. The angel came. Bob says a bright light shone into, into, the, into, the, into the prison cell. These guys were knocked out. The Bible says that they walked through them, through the guards. I can imagine Peter just looking at this guy and saying, look, look at you, look at your life. You know, I can literally just kill you right now. You didn't even give me food yesterday. And he walks through another and he's like, look at, look at you. You got how he's even sleeping. And the enemy could do nothing about his escape. There are places you need to go. There are mountains and hills you need to climb. There are opportunities you need to walk into. There are next levels you need to ascend into that the enemy will just look at you and watch you going. He will be completely neutralized in this season concerning your life. The Bible says that thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. How do you think your enemies can sit at a table with you and you can eat in peace if they're not neutralized? It means that they don't have the power to do anything. They are completely all right, rendered you know, paralyzed 
concerning your life and concerning your destiny for you in this season as you press in those demons that have harassed you so thus far they would only be able to look they cannot touch anymore you become too hot to handle you've been sleeping you, you wake up at night you've been suffering from insomnia you can't sleep at night that's an attack from the enemy you need to understand that demonic forces exist i can't start doing a teaching on demonic forces now and their daily operations around our lives and if you don't neutralize them you will find out that you're thinking thoughts that are not your thoughts you're taking actions that are not your actions you're under yokes that are not supposed to be on, on you know on you and you're carrying burdens that you ought not to carry and you're suffering from the, all kinds of setbacks that you ought not to suffer because the demonic activity around you is very active but in this season every activity of hell will be completely totally neutralized in the name of jesus christ concerning you the activities of demons in families husband says a wife hears z wife says b husband hears f and everything from pillar to post is completely upside down we are going to neutralize everything that is the work of darkness in our lives and our families in the mighty name of jesus he walked out these guards they probably looked at him the night before and said you know this is your last night on earth mr peter ex-fisherman peter apostle all right say your last prayers what would you like your last meal to be they mocked him the same people he walked by them they could do nothing even if they were awake you can do nothing to stop what god is doing in this season prayer is going to neutralize the forces of darkness in your life that have plagued you that have impacted your health that have impacted your mental health that have impacted your possibilities that have hindered you in any way that have brought discouragement to you that i have just heard that one someone right now the only diagnosis you're listening to me right now the only diagnosis for your current condition is extreme discouragement you have been um pummeled by the enemy i want you to know that in this season deliverance comes to you god will bring so much hope so much encouragement to you in the name of jesus christ we're going to stay the hand of the enemy hmm. in the name of jesus christ whenever we are praying we're praying actively our life will become a place of fruitless labor for demons fruitless labor for demons what's going to happen in this season your spiritual eyes will be open prayer will open your spiritual eyes Peter saw an angel, not with his physical eyes, spiritual eyes. Your spiritual eyes will be open. Some of us, that's the biggest problem in our lives right now, is that we are spiritually blind. Spiritually blind. And thank God for the bishop who led us in prayer this morning. Because raise that prayer point completely by the Spirit, I believe, that we would see. We would see. There is more than you see in every situation. You need to understand that if your spiritual eyes are closed and your physical eyes are opened, even if you have contacts or you have glasses, you're, you're, you are still totally blind. If all you see is your physical, you are blind. You are, you're, you're as blind as a bat. 
So our spiritual eyes will be open in this season as we stay with God in the place of prayer. As we <laughs> pray long and hard. We pray in tongues. Pray in English. Pray in your understanding. Pray in your mother tongue. Pray any... I remember the other day I was praying. <laughs> I was doing something. I was, I was um, playing a prank on my son. He said, okay, let's, let's pray. So let's say your morning prayers. They have their prayers that they pray. The first one, the second one. Strange prayers. Anyways. Um, and so I said, now it's my turn to pray. So I busted out into some strange tongues. So my son looks at me and he goes, Daddy, can you please stop speaking that Spanish? <laughs> I'm like, this is not Spanish, dude. This is tongues. So I had to give him my education. I said, you know, God understands every language. And this is a language called tongues. And you speak it. And he says, so how do I speak? I said, you just wait. Just give me a few minutes. <laughs> I'll deal with that situation for you. Prayer, long prayers, long prayers. Our eyes will be open. There's a place you get to in when you, because you see, when you pray, you're on a journey. <laughs> you're on a journey. There's a place you get to, and you get into a place where it's cruise control. You have the possibilities of God to pick all the signals of the Spirit to see. You need to see. If you, all you have is your physical sight, you are blind. You need to see an eye doctor quickly, just that He can help you. Jesus can help you. Jesus can help you. The Bible says He was talking to those people, and the scales fell off their eyes and they saw your the skills need to come off your eyes there are things happening in actually you know what oh, i don't know why this is the way the service is going this morning there's someone here there are things happening in your family right now the, the the starting point of the solution of these complexities is that you must see you have no spiritual intelligence so you are you're just you know machine gun prayers hoping that one hits but when we have capacity to see it allows you to be surgically precise in what you're dealing with. There are battles fight that are raging now. The only reason why it's lasted this long is because no one can see. I pray that our eyes be opened in the name of Jesus. Our eyes be opened in the name of Jesus. There are secrets, hidden secrets. Remember when Peter was on the rooftop? This was Acts probably chapter 9, or chapter 9 and 10 actually. Chapter 10, actually, not 9. Chapter 10. The Bible says Peter was hungry. <laughs> we are going to be hungry for a little bit in the next few months, few weeks. He was hungry. He was waiting for them to prepare food. He went on the rooftop. And the Bible says while he prayed, he fell into a trance. And he saw. He had a vision. He saw that God was opening up to him the Gentiles as a, as a ministry. There are a lot of things that you will not see if you're not praying. There are a lot of things that you will never see if you are not praying and these are things that are critical to you in destiny you must pray so that you can see okay spiritual eyes will be open hmm. what else will this prayer do glory to jesus prayer will set you up for encounters with god now i have to put a caveat here please please and please don't start praying now, God, I want to see angels. I want to see Jesus Christ. You will see something, and I promise you, it will not be angels and not be Jesus Christ. Don't start seeking, you know, sensational stuff. All right? But when you pray, and you stay with God long enough, it opens you up for encounters with the Word and with the Spirit. If you have an encounter with the Word of God, it's as good as an encounter with Jesus himself. So stop, don't pray, I want to see Jesus. Jesus appeared to me in my sleep tonight. Um, angel, Michael, come and see me. No, 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 no. First and foremost, you don't want to see Angel Michael. You probably want to see Angel Gabriel, but definitely you don't want to see Angel Michael. He's a warring angel. You guys fearful. All right? 
Angel Gabriel brings good messages, glad tidings, and all that stuff. He's a gentle guy. Um, but please stop praying. That. Don't don't pray that. But I'm saying it sets you up for encounters with God. But encounters are uh, uh, they're, 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 they're a valuable asset of our spiritual journey. The encounters that, that that mark you. Some of us will walk into encounters in this season. I I know it. Don't worry. You just watch. That would would shift you in your spiritual journey. Paul had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Samaria, to Damascus. Damascus Road, rather. And it, it marked his life forever. It turned him around completely. And he went in the other direction for the rest of his days. Some of you, the reason why you're one leg in Christianity, one leg out, this week you're prayerful, next week you're not prayerful, and this week you want to serve, for the next five weeks you don't have any passion, you know, you, you fall into old habits, you go here. You know, it's because you've not had an encounter. If you have an encounter with God, no one would need to motivate you or baby you. you the, the fire that will drive you will be internal. And once you have that, that gives you assurances for your journey. Some of us will walk into encounters with God in this season. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You would, you would, you would, you would. Um, remember the Bible talks about Jesus when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17. From verse 1, he was praying. The Bible says he transfigured. And a voice from heaven came saying, actually, no, Jesus had an encounter first because Moses and Elijah came and they were speaking to him. Moses and Elijah came and they were speaking to him. And then a voice of the father came. This is my beloved son. In him I am well pleased. That's an encounter. That's an encounter. Those who were around him also had an encounter because they saw and they heard certain things. They're like, wow, man, this is amazing. Let's be here. Let's never leave this place. So we're going into a season where encounters will break out. In our lives moses and elijah are still talking to men today i can assure you spirits of just men made perfect <laughs> glory to jesus prayer will allow you to be led by god you don't know what to do next you're confused what decision to make where to go how to go what business to start what to do with your business what god is asking you to do with ministry prayer would allow god lead you clarity and precision because the angel told him follow me you follow the angel follow the angel step by step by step outside the gate into the city he looked around and like wow amazing and then the angel left prayer would allow god to lead you in this season you're going to see a god who is very 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 capable of leading you you will hear a voice behind you that says this is the way walking it doesn't matter how long you go in the wrong direction it will never become the right direction or no matter how fast you go in the wrong direction, it will never change to the right direction. And sometimes just one degree off road will can take you to a different county or a different country completely. There is a path you ought to go. God needs to lead you. But the Bible says that my people, my sheep, they know my voice. And they hearken unto my voice. The voice of another, they will not follow. For God to lead you as shepherd, you need to be praying in this season praying to him this is what's going to happen in this season doors would open gates would open all right in this season divine visitations are going to come in this season you will be led by god in a tangible way your testimony some of you would you want to pastor i have a testimony wow god has really been leading me in this season god told me to do this and do this and do this and this is what happened that's going to be the testimony of some of us in this season in the name of jesus christ If God cannot lead you, you will never find still waters. If 
God cannot lead you, you will never find green pastures. If God cannot lead you, you will have fear in your heart. Because what makes you say, I shall fear no evil. It's what follows, for thou art with me. You know, I know. The only reason David could say those things, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, makes me lie down in green pastures, leave me beside still waters, restores my soul, leads me in the path of righteousness for his name. Say, yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me, your rod. The only reason why he could say all those things is because of the first thing he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I know that he led me. If God cannot lead you, you will have fear in your heart. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5. Joshua 3 and 5. The Bible says this, that and Joshua said to the people, please listen to me very carefully now. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. <laughs> Joshua said to them, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, 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 there is a season. And Bible's God has told us that this is the set time. For in this set time, in this season, over the next few weeks, over the next few Excuse me, a few days. In this season, the Lord, he will do wonders amongst us. That's the word of the Lord to this house. But Joshua said there is something that you need to do. He said, sanctify yourselves. Prepare yourselves. That's what he meant. Really, sanctification in that sense means purification. Purification. Purify yourself. Go through purification rites and all that. But what it means in the broader sense is prepare yourself, basically. Prepare yourself. God does not come to a people who are not looking for him or are not prepared for him. He does not. He does not. Prepare yourselves for tomorrow. Joshua said, God will visit you. So start working on the preparation today. In this season, we need the next few days, start preparing yourself because we're going into a season. Purify yourself. Make ready. Set aside. Be prepared because god he's going to do wonders in the name of jesus you know i remember when i was when i was growing up i'll close with this now i remember when i was growing up back in the day this was when i was much younger back then cell phones were not a thing in nigeria anyways I grew up. um and so generally speaking i don't know if you can relate with this thing but this if you can't relate it means you're too young or you're from a different generation but if you can relate it means that also you're maybe you're too old so don't identify yourself in the chat but I remember when I was growing up, because people didn't really have cell phones at all. You really were a very rich man if you had a cell phone or you worked for a very great company at the time. And so people generally would just show up to your house. Gambling, whether they would meet you at home or not. This happened all the time. And so someone would come to your house or you follow your parents. Maybe your dad or your mom says, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to see my friend. You, get, you say, okay, you know, accompany me. You get in the car, you go there. You find out that this person is not home. Has that ever happened to you before? And you're wondering, you, now you would probably wonder, so why didn't you just call or text or WhatsApp before you left? But the truth is, back then, you had to gamble. I remember those days. I remember there was a particular day. It was one really came to mind this morning. I was thinking about this. I went out with my dad. Our parents, all of us went out. The whole family went out. We were coming back home from God knows where, probably church or something. And when we got back to the house, we, at the gates of the house, we saw a letter, a note. And 
picked up the note my dad read the notes and it was one of his friends you know who lived outside the country hadn't seen this person in a long time he knew the person was coming to visit nigeria but they weren't able to coordinate time of the visit and this guy had come to visit while we were not home and they left the note and said oh sorry we missed you and my dad was like oh wow you know really well you know it was really painful that they missed each other that that was the story of Israel in Luke 19 Jesus comes and he's weeping over Israel and he's saying the reason why I'm weeping over you is because you do not know you are you were unable to discern the day of your visitation so when Jesus came Israel refused to discern him no preparation nothing they missed the most significant moment of a generation because of a lack of preparedness lack of discernment lack of readiness jesus wept over israel and that's the reason why eventually now god had to start writing them letters epistles <laughs> left leaving them notes because they missed the move of god in their generation I'm saying that to say this to you that it will be very tragic if when the season has come and gone, only a handful of people can say, this is what God has done in my life in this season. Only a handful of people can say, wow, the Lord did great things. For many people, what's going to happen? If you don't do something different, and I pray that will not be your story, is that God is going to have to leave you a note and say, I and say to you that I was here. Sorry I missed you. I'll be back. I was here. Sorry I missed you. I'll be back. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. This is a season where God is prepared. He's waiting on your, on your readiness. He's prepared for you to be prepared for him. And if you can get yourself ready, he will meet you and visit you in an unusual way, in all the ways I just mentioned, because he's ready. The greatest visitation of their generation was happening. And people of Israel were busy doing nothing, nothing, busy with politics, busy starting riots, busy doing rubbish. They were not engaged. They did not lean into it. They were cynics, okay? And this is for the cynics who say, well, every year they call it fast. You know, we fasted in January a little bit. Why we got to do a fast again? This is what, listen to me, <laughs> for your own benefits, all right, for your benefits. Leave the camp of cynicism. Jump into the camp of those that will be engaged in this season. They refused to act responsibly. They refused to lean into what God was doing. Now God has to start sending them letters. Apostles writing them epistles to this, epistles to uh, you know, because they just were not getting it in that way. Don't let God, if you forget nothing, if you remember nothing I've said, don't let God, remember this one, leave you a note this season and say, I was here. Sorry I missed you. I'll be back. Because you are too lazy, too nonchalant about the season. You're unable to discern what God is doing. You're looking for shortcuts. You send in your prayer points and everybody is praying about your prayer points and you don't show up to pray also. Don't, the Bible says, do not be deceived, okay? God is not mocked. We're coming to intercede. I talked about that the other day. We're coming to pray for each other, to lift each other up in prayer. I'm going to put my prayer points there too. Because we all need to be strengthened to be lifted up in prayer. My prayer points might look different from yours, but I, we, if we need, if we both need something from the same God, there's still prayer points. 
as a pastor one of the things you do is you have a burden i have many burdens i always tell my guys i have many burdens that burden my life i see certain things in the body of christ i lose my sleep literally i can't i'm i'm, I'm i can't understand certain things my burden for the past two three weeks should i share it with you should i tell you it's it's the thing that's really bothered me this burden is only why i had two chickens only two chickens that yesterday at the, at the at the cookout i could have had more just two chickens that's it burdens that that take away my appetite and take away my you know my sleep should i tell you what this burden is should i tell you what it is the burden i have is that some people who are members of this house will miss out on this season i said it to the guys when we we're praying past couple of weeks i said it to the prayer team i said we need to pray there's always those people who miss the train there's nothing as sad as seeing the train roll off from the platform and you're just running down the stairs and say wait for me you know the train doesn't wait for anybody and you're like damn i just missed it you have to wait for the next one god works in seasons people and he said that this is a season that he wants to visit our house it is to your advantage that you do the needful it breaks my heart to know that some people will receive notes saying i was here sorry i missed you i'll try again next time because of your inability to act responsibly to discern the times to plug in to lean into this season when moses got to the burning bush the bible says that the bush was burning and the bush was not consumed exodus chapter 3 and the bible says now moses said listen moses said i will now i will turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is burning but not consuming and he turned aside he paid attention to what was happening and the bible says in exodus 3 and verse 4 that when the lord when the lord saw that moses turned aside then god started to speak to him if moses did not turn aside even though that entire encounter was designed for him if he just saw the burning bush and just continued with his sheep god would not have spoken to him the bible says when the lord when the lord so that means there's a connection saw that moses paid attention that he did the right thing that he leaned into the experience and the encounter then god started to engage him in conversation even though it was a, a ridiculous conversation because it was a lot of back and forth and moses couldn't get a lot of things but god was patient enough with him because moses had done his part to engage we are at the burning bush people we are at the burning bush will you turn aside Make up your mind. We have grace in measures or experience or abilities in measures. So maybe for you, you've never done a fast in your life. So maybe you want to start with a 3 p.m. Okay? You eat, you break your fast at 3 p.m. But what I'm saying to you is just make sure whatever you're doing is stretching you and you know your level and that you are faithful and consistent to it. And you're not starving yourself. You're not starving yourself. You're praying and you're engaging and you're leaning into the season in every way that you possibly could. What you need to do, number one, prepare yourself, plan, reorganize, okay? Plan, reorganize, make preparation for the season. Joshua said, sanctify yourselves, people. It's not happening today, it's happening tomorrow, but do it today. Sanctify yourselves because when the time comes, it might be too late. Some of us need to get ourselves together right now and start to prepare. What, how would I make the best or the most of this season? Sanctify yourself. Prepare yourself. The second thing you must do, okay, you need to drop weights. Drop weights. 
the analogy I have and the, 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 the image I had in my head is sometimes when you're trying to download a new application on your device, but because you're out of storage, you have a lot number of apps, but you have so many files and you're out of storage on your device, your, your, your device tells you, well, unable to download because you don't have enough storage. That's what weights are going to do in this season. Offload. You're holding a grudge against someone, drop it quickly. You Holding you in my heart is too small, okay? And it's such a heavy price to pay for my destiny. My destiny is worth way more than whatever you did to me. Drop weights. Whatever weights look like. Distractions are weights. Sometimes some people around you, bad vibes, weights. You know, people who tell you, <laughs> your roommate wakes up and says, you these spiritual people, this is your church. They will not kill you with fasting. <laughs> you might need to move to Toju's house for a month, okay? <laughs> you need to drop weight in this season so that you can focus, focus, focus. What's about to be downloaded is a large file. You need strong bandwidth, but you also need empty space. So offload messes, all right? Number three, have an expectation. Please have an expectation. Write down a number of things that you want to see God do in this season. Have an expectation. As a family, get together, husband and wife. Write down some of the key things you want to see God do in this season. Have a family meeting. Have an expectation. Have an expectation. That's part of preparation. The expectation of the righteous will not be disappointed. Have an expectation. When Elijah was praying on the mountain, the Bible says all he saw was a small cloud and he started to rejoice. This is rain. This is what I have been waiting for because he had an expectation. Have an expectation, people. Number four, engage with focus. With focus. You know, You would make time for what you prioritize. That's the truth. I know we're all busy. Life's rough. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of distractions out there. Social media is your enemy when you're doing a fast. Okay? Be measured. Be measured in your exposure. That's a weight. Be measured in your exposure. Things that edify you. Replace social media time with worship, sermons, what have you. Anything that edifies you. But engage with focus. Wake up in the morning, even before the 6.30 that we gather together to pray. There's nothing wrong with you doing your 15 minutes, 20, 30 minutes before prayer. The prayer bulletin that's being published is going to have a number of prayer points. Even if you took a prayer point and prayed one for three minutes each, you would easily have prayed an hour. So you, there's, there's enough resource to go around and, you know, that for you to, to, be, to be fully engaged. Wake up before the time, pray and pray. And then join us at 6.30, we do 30 minutes. We could get our day started. We we're going to see things start to shift. We're going to have, you know, we're going to move into dimensions spiritually. And you see, sometimes, you know, when, if, you, if you go on a weight loss exercise or even let's say you want to gain weight or whatever, if you're running on a treadmill every day for 30 days, you're lifting weights. After every day, you're not going to see a difference. You'll be surprised, though, when you take a picture of before day one and then after day 30, how different they are. But after every day, after every run, you're not going to see a difference. So when we come to pray, we pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're speaking tongues, cry, 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 groan in the spirit. Whatever we need to do, we lead the place. Oh, hallelujah. You just come out of the gym for the day. You might not see a difference. 
but i assure you when this is all said and done you will have shifted spiritually there's some of you right now you need to move into new places spiritually all the things you're battling with are just small things things that you should have left behind long time ago are still harassing you we're going to move we're going to shift and god is going to be moving with us the ark of the covenant the presence of god is going to be in this house strongly and we're going to see strange things sanctify yourselves joshua said for tomorrow the lord will do wonders in your midst thanks again for listening to hear more messages like this one make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel if you want to be a blessing to others share the message to stay connected Download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.